Inspire Radio, bringing the feel-good feeling to every day. A warm welcome to the Inspire Radio podcast. The Inspire Radio podcast is an opportunity to listen again to one of the thought-provoking and inspirational interviews brought to you by the team here at Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio is online 24 hours a day, seven days a week with inspirational guests from around the world, feel-good music, the quiet zone, Inspire Smooth, the meditation hour as well. Inspire Radio is your truly feel-good radio station. Sit back and enjoy the podcast from the team at Inspire Radio. With inspirational guests from across the world, this is Inspire Radio. Time now for your business journey with Isabella. Your business journey is sponsored by Digital Works, bringing brands to life online. A creative digital marketing agency working with brands in the UK and Ireland, specialising in social media, content marketing and online brand design and development. For more information about Digital Works, check out their website, digitalworksagency.com. This is Inspire Radio, and you are listening to Your Business Journey with me, Isabella Venner, your mindset and marketing coach. And today I have a very wonderful guest with me. She is a personal friend of mine, as well as a constant professional, uh, a wine professional and founder of Sweet Spice. Hi, Anushka. How are you doing? Hi, Isabella. Really good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolute um, pleasure. We were, before, we, before we press play on this interview, we were comparing our, our desks in front of us, and I've... Um, quite naughtily got a bottle of water in front of me as I'm speaking to a wine professional who just tells me you just got off a wine tasting session. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. A wine tasting session with a producer from Italy. So I've just tasted Lovely. six wines. But um, Oh my gosh. So don't worry. When so you're you've, wine just, you've not been swallowing them all, so you're not super cheery? No, no I haven't. Yeah, exactly. At five o'clock, I had a little sip. Swallowed a little bit, but that's about it. <laughs> Lovely. Very professional. Awesome. So how long have you been into wines? When did that all start? Um, so I started working in wine just over six years ago now. I started when I was working at a restaurant, uh, Italian restaurant called The River Cafe. You may know of it, it's a Michelin star restaurant in West London. And when I first started there, I didn't know anything about wine. I was just learning about how to be a waitress. It was the first time I actually waited anywhere. So the whole thing was quite overwhelming. Um, but then obviously, because wine is such an important part of the restaurant, you just you couldn't help but just taste a little bits here and there, start learning about it. And the sommelier there, the head, well, she was the head sommelier at the time. She was just really inspiring. Um, I guess there's a couple of times where I tasted a little bit of wine and I'd say a few tasting notes here and there. And I didn't think anything of it, but she'd always be really encouraging and say that I had a good palate. And mm-hmm. um, before I knew it, I was doing my wine exams with her. She actually taught me my oh, wine wow. So I did um, two of my wine exams with her from there. And then I decided that I wanted to take it a bit more seriously. And the restaurant that we were working at at the time just did Italian wines, okay. which is amazing, incredible Italian selection. But for me to kind of progress and to learn a little bit more about the wider um, wine world, I applied for an apprenticeship with their, one of their suppliers. Mm-hmm. And from there, I, um, yeah, I did a two-year apprenticeship with them, which was actually two years working in every single area of the business. So and drinking had, copious amounts of wine. Yeah, lots of tasting. Yeah, my first day was going to the portfolio tasting and there were so many wines. There was two floors of the oval, you know, wow. the oval cricket ground, two floors of wine. And um, yeah, it was a lot of tasting. And so, when you say you had a good, when you say you had a good palate, what, what, how do you know if you have a good palate? 
Well, I didn't know I had a good pal at the time, to be honest. I was just there, just like saying things, you know, just saying random words. But um, but yeah, you do, you can kind of start to kind of get those those flavors that you might taste in every day and you start to know some in the wine. And it does take a bit of training, a bit of practice, but it's amazing when you kind of get into it and you allow your mind to kind of loosen up a little bit. And I think a lot of people do stick their nose in and go, it tastes of wine, it smells of wine, it's grapes, like, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. But I think um, if you can kind of, remember some of the things like in fact when you're studying for your wine exams I think somebody recommended that I go either to a market or something like that and start smelling all the fruits and start smelling mm-hmm. all the spices and, and things like that so you kind of break it down when you're doing tastings you break it down into the fruits that you might taste or smell and then you break it down things like spices and and flowers and other things that you might you might kind of get in there as well so when you start and and all those things you know fruits and spices that might I I suppose comes from the soil and the effect of the sun it's quite a science isn't it yeah definitely so it's all about the I mean right from the very beginning like you say from the soils where the vines are grown the climates that it's grown in the sun exposure to the sun Mm -hmm. um whether you use you know what kind of chemicals that you use or hopefully not use a lot of organic wines now biodynamic wines are relying more on biodiversity in the vineyards and then even from there then when you get into the winery depending on the yeast that you use if you have your own natural yeast in the winery you might be able to make your wines and then fermentation is such a complex process and when fermentation happens Mm. there's all sorts of aromas and all sorts of um flavors that can come from a wine from there as well as what you what vessel you actually age your wine in as well so when people talk about oaked wines as well mm. you get flavors that come from the oak and then later when a wine ages in bottle it then develops itself as well so from there you get yeah. all different flavors as well so i guess like like human beings you, you know you've got nature and nurture you, they, they they you can guess it to an extent but also a bottle just is going to have a life of its own is that can you say yeah, that exactly. yeah and i think a lot a lot of um winemakers say you know, you can't make a good wine without having good grapes in the first place. And I think yeah. a lot of now, especially now, um, producers are trying to do as little as possible to the grapes. So trying to let the grapes and the soils and, and the place that the grapes came from speak for themselves. So this idea of identity and having a wine and wine having an identity where it's from and showing that in a bottle is something that's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I really love that's it. That's lovely. And, and kind of me taking it away from that beautiful natural image that you've just painted. Mm. I've also heard, is this true or is this a myth that when some people come to describing wines, I've heard someone's describing it as, oh, it smells like a tennis ball or are there also really <laughs> weird categories? Or farm, you might have heard farmyard as well, which doesn't yeah. really sound right. Yeah, I mean, I have never personally smelled or tasted wine that tasted like tennis ball but (laughs) there are some there are definitely some wine tasting kind of notes out there that um that can not seem very very good but Mm -hmm. I I like to try not to be too judgmental somebody smells something that they've smelled recently and it might not be necessarily a really nice tasting note but if that's what they're smelling in it then you know who am I to judge but at the same time um yeah I think you know fruits and things like that and other things that you kind of that you kind of taste in in food um, more the connotation notes that you might find but things like farmyard is quite an interesting one because that happens later and when a wine has been aged in oak then you might start getting a few more um a few of the flavors that come from the oak aging which sometimes is smokiness like cigars mm-hmm. sometimes you hear things like cigars or cigarettes or smokiness and then as a wine ages for even longer you might start getting vegetable notes and some people say wow. like 
um, forest floor is another one as well. <laughs> Lovely, I like that. So you yeah. so you started off, you know, with a waitressing job. Uh, wines were part of the mix, part of the job, and you you were curious. You were curious. You sounded like you had a lovely mentor who um, got you um, understanding the wines, appreciating, you know, what you're what you're uh, smelling and tasting and so on. And then this, you know, been in, in wines for quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. You then decided that something was missing from the industry. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so I felt that um, from the very beginning, um, I think the thing that, the time that it really hit me, I guess I've always noticed it, but the time where I felt like I really want to do something about it, it kind of hit me was when I was at my graduation for my, what they call, it's WSET, the wine qualifications in um, that we have here. It's, it's actually recognized globally, but we here it's called WSET and you have level two, level three and level four and level four is a diploma. And at my graduation, I just noticed just the lack of um, diversity within the people who are obviously graduating. But then also I always noticed it at tastings previously. Sometimes I'd, be, I'd go to tastings and people wouldn't know why I was there. Like a couple of times I'd be like, you know, what are you here for? I'm here for the tasting. Oh, wow. um, and and yeah, I think it was just something that was just really, really obvious. And I think there were a few people in the wine industry that wanted to do things about it, but weren't really sure how to kind of approach it, especially as they were white people in the industry who felt quite strongly about it, but didn't really know, or felt there wasn't their place to kind of create something. Okay. Um, so it was something that I thought about for a long time. And after that kind of graduation, I decided to really kind of create something that I thought would be really, really valuable. Um, and I think it was not only just even, even in the wine world, you know, when you're a wine professional, there was a bit of lack of, of diversity, but also in terms of marketing, when it comes to yeah. wine marketing yeah. and wine engagement, it just felt like wine brands um, weren't really even trying to connect with people of color, in, in, whether in the industry or even consumers. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there were a few things which, which kind of made me feel like I wanted to, in a positive way, not necessarily in a negative way, because it's a bit hard sometimes I find I'm quite conflicted sometimes when I'm saying something negative about an, an industry that I love so much you know I, I love the yeah. tasting I love um, all the people in it as well all the all the passion all the people that work in wine are uh, working wine for passion they don't work in wine for any other reason so having that passion and meeting these amazing people all the time it did make me feel a bit sad having to kind of find something that was missing from the industry mm-hmm. but it also made me realize that actually this industry is really incredible and more people should know about it and it should yeah, be more yeah. people should be able to access it and um, be part of it. And I think it would actually you know, be a massive um, addition to the, to the wine industry for them as well. So that's a lovely way of seeing it, actually saying, you know, you're, it's an industry that is it's incredible. We want to you want to not only open the doors to more people and, and get more people of different backgrounds uh, getting involved, but also make that industry that you love that bit that bit richer by having the diversity, I guess it goes also to wines. I mean, you're not gonna always want to have, well, maybe, maybe some people do, mm-hmm. the same white wine forever, but if by having mixture of wines with different grapes and different countries, it's a lovely, lovely mixed bag industry, isn't it? Yeah, and it's also just not representative of, for example, I live in London, it's not representative of London. You know, I live in London, and a lot of, you know, all, all of my friends are from different backgrounds. Um, and the fact that I work in an industry where it just feels like we're not in London all of a sudden and you know it's just down the road we you know and so I feel like it's just a real shame and um and because of that I think there's a bit of lack of um confidence I feel like I found that there was a bit of lack of confidence which I could never really pinpoint before but sometimes I do think it is that's kind of the idea that I'm the only person that looks like me in this whole industry um but that actually was something that I kind of thought but then when I started um my well I started an initiative called Sweet Spice Wines, um, which I started in 2019. 
And at the time it felt like I was a bit alone um, doing something kind of similar to that. And when I speak about it to people within the wine industry, not all of them, but some would be, some would be quite, um, I guess not, 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 I wasn't saying, I guess it was more with discomfort that they felt they weren't really sure what to do about it. They could see yeah. it was a problem or they could see yeah. that, you know, you can't deny that it's not, not an issue, but I guess people didn't really know how to deal with it. Um, and I started these wine events that were um, led by people of color within the wine industry. So I would um, reach out to wine professionals, sommeliers um, from different parts of the wine industry, and they would come and choose a theme, pick six wines that we would taste together and um, and yeah, and go through them. We've done things like Loire in France and we did an Italian tasting um, and we did one to celebrate women, um, International Women's Day as well. So we did all female winemakers as well. Did you, before before you created Sweet Spice, obviously you realised there was a lack of um, people of colour in the industry, but as well as, as, as you said, you know, companies marketing to a more diverse group of people to enjoy all the wines and so on. Were you aware of many uh, wines, wine owners, um, connoisseurs, sommeliers of colour, or did you have to go out and, and find these people? Yeah, so I mean, there was definitely, in terms of winemakers, I would, const, I would, you know, regularly, I think it's probably in my Google search quite a mm-hmm. few times, POC wine owners, people of colour wine owners and things like that. And in the UK, um, there wasn't too many things I could find. Um, but in the States, there were quite a few and in South Africa as well. And it was really quite cool because in the States, there were so many initiatives as well that had kind of already been created. Mm-hmm. And so many amazing people to kind of... Um, follow Instagram has been amazing for that in that sense just to see what people have been doing in in the states and just being really really inspired by what 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 they are doing um and then yeah and then in terms of here when I first started there was definitely I definitely knew of wine professionals 100% but this idea that there wasn't I guess I had an idea that there wasn't that many um and then again since the lockdown connecting with more people through Instagram and things like that there is actually a huge amount you know there are there are there are people out there definitely doing really cool things it's just I guess it's just the lack of representation and that's the bit that I think is is being really difficult there hasn't really been a platform or they haven't been um been shown as much or written about or you know so I think that was more the issue I think obviously you know there's still there's still more it's still dominated by white males that the industry definitely is doing that still but there are people of color in the industry and i think it's just about kind of giving them a voice and giving them a platform and um giving more representation um yeah absolutely and and running um sweet spice so you've done a, you know, a few events and then luckily it's been online since the beginning so with the pandemic it, you've been able to con- continue and grow with that what would you say have been your proudest moments so far running sweet spice um so um with the with, with the events actually they did actually start in person sorry so they oh, did oh sorry okay yeah no that's fine that's I think that was my fault from earlier um they started uh, at a pub in Peckham so we did three in in real life Brilliant. so that was a really nice atmosphere with like a really nice music and a really like really kind of laid back um yeah atmosphere it was really cool and then um and then later we went into um zoom events so i mean to be honest i kind of gave up not gave up but at the beginning of i guess with a lot of people people didn't really know what to do with the lockdown and and how to kind of deal with it i guess yeah i, I didn't even know i thought oh, sweet spice is just on the back burner for now and then i started to see more and more people doing online tastings and like i said before i'd followed quite a few people that i found quite inspiring in the states so when lockdown happened, I ended up reaching out to a few of these people and seeing if they wanted to do an online event. So it created a whole new opportunity, actually, because huge um, new market then as well. Yeah. yeah global exactly. audience. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. I think at the beginning, it was finding people within London that could come to an event. And you yeah. know, one of my speakers, she was from North London and I was in South London. That felt like, you know, it's quite, <laughs> a bit, quite a big distance. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, whereas now I was able to do, um, I've done three online tastings. One of the people actually were from New York. So, you know, we connected from London to New York and had people, we didn't really do a tasting. We just did more like a chat, an online chat, Q&A. Um, and then then the third one was actually a tasting with the brand ambassador um, for a champagne called Charles Heidsick. And um, I actually work with that brand in the UK with my day job. Um, but he's a brand ambassador for the US. And um, so it's great connecting with him, you know, drinking Charles Heidsick and seeing how he kind of markets it. And he's been so... Um, yeah, so inspiring with the way that he markets the champagne and also the way that the kind of response of other people of colour within the states that have really embraced uh, Charles Heisick champagne and he's created this incredible community around him um, and there and thus selling more. I'm sure he's selling a lot more wine that way as well. So, um, yeah, yeah be really great for seeing what he what he's done as well. And, and what, what do you think stopping more businesses, more wine businesses reaching or promoting their bottles to a wider more diverse audience and people of, and including people of color in the conversation what's stopping them do you think well I, don't, I mean I don't want to be too kind of negative straight away but I guess I think even just since the kind of Black Lives Matter movement kind of um, over the lockdown time I think people started looking at themselves then I think to be honest I think people hadn't really thought about it as much or I think they were just a bit ignorant I guess um but out of sight, out of mind, a little bit like that. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just been such a long history of, you know, the wine, you know, a lot of the wines, first of all, you call, you, you know as old world wines, which came from Europe. So we're talking Italy, France, Spain. Um, and these places have always been, you know, obviously very white. And, and, and the whole idea about wine as well became very much a class thing as well. So, you know, it's upper class wine um white male kind of dominated industry right right from the beginning mm -hmm. um and i think that's something that has happened i think things have changed obviously now especially with something like the natural wine world which i think has been really great in in engaging with a younger consumer base but even they haven't really engaged with um more diverse kind of um uh, consumer base I meaning a lot of young still men bearded hipstery men still but at the same time um, but they've done something that's really, really fantastic with things like music and, and created a much more kind of fun atmosphere yeah. to it. Um, I want to talk so to you about your music because I know um, on on Sweet Spice, you've yeah. got um, quite, a, quite a big focus on that about music. And obviously, I enjoy music while I have my dinner and have a glass of wine. What, what makes it such an important part of Sweet Spice in combining music with the wine? Well, I think it's probably a personal passion of mine, <laughs> personally, but then also I think it's a really good way to kind of connect people to wine. I think everybody listens to music no matter who you are. And I think learning about wine or getting to know wine, um, at the end of the day, it's a fun drink that can be drunk at a pub or anything like that. And it should be kind of seen, I guess, more like a beer or a spirits and things like that. But because of the of this um, environment it's created this air of kind of snobbery like you you must know something about it you must have yeah, yeah you must be from this certain kind of um, background to have learned about this wine um, the fact that music can kind of create an, an environment where anyone can enjoy it anyone can learn about it anyone can chat about it or not talk about it just enjoy a glass of wine and, and listen to some music so I think that was a really key part of creating um, the, the laid back and um, you know, less pretentious environment that would be great for the for the events. Absolutely. 
We are going to have a break now. We're going to listen to some lovely, inspiring tunes and come back after the break. And we're going to find out about whether or not you actually need to spend a lot of money on a bottle of wine for it to taste good. Inspire Radio. Attention, please. We at HealthSpan would like to tell you something that, quite possibly, you didn't already know. Not all supplements are created equal. I know. Who'd have thought? We travel the entire globe to find the best ingredients for our vitamins and supplements, from the southern slopes of India for our turmeric to the cold, crisp seas of Greenland for our cod liver oil. Because that's the HealthSpan way. Well, there you go. It's not every day you learn something new, is it? We're HealthSpan. That's healthspan.co.uk. Vitamins and supplements, in-store or direct to your door. Time for another inspirational quote from Inspire Radio. Be happy. Be inspired. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your tasks into smaller, manageable tasks and then starting on the first one. Mark Twain. Inspire Radio. Welcome back to Inspire Radio. You are listening to Your Business Journey with me, Isabella Venner, your mindset and marketing coach. And we're having a great conversation with wine professional and founder of Sweet Spice, uh, my good friend, Anushka Matthews. Welcome back, Anushka. Hi, thank you. (laughs) I, I want you to tell us, do we actually need to spend money for a good bottle of wine? Is this, is this truth? Is this a myth? Um, so it's, it, I don't think there's a right answer to this necessarily. I think you can find some really good wines um, in supermarkets and I don't think you have to spend huge amounts of wine. There's some really fantastic, easy drinking styles, um, you know, under £10 um, or even more. But I think some of the things that people probably forget about and forget to consider um, are things like um, the travel costs of a bottle of wine, the cost of actual bottles. Well, you know, bottles are quite weighty. Um, so the cost of, 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 um, of shipping that over, as well as things like tax, duty, all of these things you kind of got to add up to. Um, so when you're buying something like a, a bottle of wine that might be like six pounds, you think about the juice that's like kind of left after you spent all of these kind of, after you, all these costs have been considered. So I do think that just by spending a few pounds a little more than what you would normally spend, you are getting a lot more quality for, for your money. Okay. And then there's obviously, you know, that's for kind of much bigger mass produced kind of wine that you find in supermarkets, things like that. But when you think about wine as a artisanal product or a piece of art and things like that, um, you can look at it in a different way when you think about when the white, where the wines are being, where the grapes are being grown, um, especially using things, something like organics and you want to, you care about the environment and things like that. All of these kind of um, aspects will also put a cost on your wine. And um, as well, if you want to age a wine, if you want something a bit more complex and things like that, then the, you know, the price does go up. So I do think that spending more on wine, you do get a lot more for, you know, in terms of experience and, um, and understanding the wine as a, as an artisanal product, but then yeah. I do think that yeah, you're totally it's fine. Really, it's just—it's you know. a huge science to it. Then it's so much to it, Anushka. Absolutely, I can yeah. see why you've had to do take qualifications in in it. It's not <laughs> not just having lovely glasses of wine as part of your your day job, yeah, which sounds not, absolutely wonderful. Yeah, it's a um, and at the moment, what would you say? Are your do you have any favorite wines or producers or connoisseurs and people of color um, that you'd like to give a shout out to? Yeah, so um, I'm launching a website very soon, um, hopefully in, well, be mid-February, um, and there's going to be a little wine shop um, on there as well. So previously it's been more about the events, um, but now I'm kind of branching out into um, 
I guess having a platform for specifically for wines made by people of colour because before I had to quite a lot of research into finding out if there are any available in the UK and there are but it's still quite a small minority but I've been hearing about more wines um, being imported so it's quite exciting that there should be like a growing category um, which is yeah super exciting so at the moment the wines that I have is just six wines on there um, and one of them that kind of stands out that I've been um, well they've just been really engaging with me and also just the wine is really great and very quite um, approachable as well so I think if you're a new wine drinker especially if you're a new red wine drinker because I know a lot of people start with white wine and then they kind of you know a little bit scared of red wine but this one I think is um, very versatile it's called um, Rosso um, it's, it's Rosso de Montalcino's technically style, which is from Tuscany, um, but the producer is called Il Palazzone, so they call it Rosso de Palazzone, mm-hmm. um, and the owner is actually um, some of the states actually, um, and his name is Richard Parsons, and he owns the winery, but he goes there as well regularly at the harvest times and makes a lot of the decisions with the winemakers there, um, and yeah, I think it's a wine that, like I said, is, is super versatile. It's um, got a little bit of tannins in it, but it's really fruit forward, loads of kind of cherry. It's got a little bit of high acidity, which is really good for food matching. So the Italians like their food. So a lot of their wines are made to go with food. So yeah, so that's a wine that I that I really love. And um, yeah, this could be my And life. thinking about who might be able to attend your future events, uh, do we have to be wine experts? Who's invited to this, to your suite? No, not events? at all. Anyone, absolutely anybody is invited, whether you have any knowledge or if you think you, you know, you're the biggest connoisseur in the world, <laughs> you can also come to my events. As long as you do, as long as you don't talk too much, I'm joking. As long as it's a safe <laughs> space. The idea is that it's supposed to be a safe space for people to come. There's no judgment. If you don't know anything about wine, you hopefully you might learn something about wine. If you do know about wine, hopefully you'll just enjoy the um, the vibe and, and the wines and um, and you know have an interesting conversation to the people that you're talking to. Brilliant. So um, yeah. So if people want to find out more, that uh, you're uh, telling them to visit Sweet Spice and it's .world, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So sweetspice.world. Um, and there'll be yeah, there's a tab there for events um, and also for the wine shop as well. Brilliant. Absolutely lovely talking to Anushka. I'm excited to see what Sweet Spice wines and uh, events and shop in future is going to have in store. Thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you so much, Isabella, for having me. It's been really great. Thank you for listening to uh, me, Isabella Venner, your host. And this is your business journey on Inspire Radio. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast. Maybe you would like to appear as a guest on Inspire Radio. If you would, simply email inspire at inspireradio.co.uk. Now check out our website as well, inspire at inspireradio.co.uk for all our programme schedules, presenter information and the latest podcasts where you can listen again. Check out our Facebook page, which is Inspire Radio UK. Once again, a big thank you for you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast brought to you by the team at Inspire Radio. Copyright applies. This, 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 this is Inspire Radio.